Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks and the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Giants to take on the Detroit Lions on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And, uh, Carl, I know you being a proud Michigan State man, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. For you personally, do you get a little extra juice when you see the uh, Honolulu Blue of the Lions? Uh, Not really. Not at this stage. Um, Were you a Lions fan as a kid? I was a I was a fan of players, to be honest with you. I I, I grew up without a football team. Uh, yeah, I rooted for the Lions for sure, but you know Billy Sims and and um, Gary Danielson and those guys were Gary Huggaboom uh, were guys I liked, and then obviously you had Barry and Herman Moore after you know I had gotten out of college and was a pro myself, but um, Lomas Brown. So I, I, yes, I was somewhat of a fan of my local team, but um, right now I don't, I don't get that much juice at all about it. I, um, it's, it's just a game, I mean, far, but as a matter of fact, yeah. And I'm going back to Flint later on today. My brother, my younger brother is getting married oh, tomorrow. So I'm, I'll be there, hear a little trash talk. <sighs> then I'll get back on the plane and head home to watch the game and be a part of it. Oh, so so there are Lions fans in the family, though. Oh, without a doubt, yes. So they are beleaguered people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> beleaguered people. Rooting Thank for God, they they are not uh, New York fans because if they suffered, uh, like if they if they suffered like New York fans. Yeah, uh, which they have, you know, uh, mentally, but they just don't. Ver- they're just too nice in Detroit. They get upset, but they don't trash everybody. It's it's the nice part of you know where people are a little more polite. Like fandom is fandom, but if it were if if you could transport New York fans of any sport into Detroit and let them suffer that losing, oh my gosh, it would be it would be brutal. Well, they're going to get a good game at Ford Field this weekend because they got yeah. the high-flying Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns coming into play. And, yeah. uh, you know, Detroit seems to be the place that whenever there's some sort of natural disaster around the country, it feels like the Lions are always away that week and they can use Ford Field. I mean, the Jets have played there uh, on a rescheduled Bills game. The Giants played there when sure. the Metrodome roof collapsed. I mean... Uh, Detroit is the spot. It's a really, it's a really nice stadium, Ford Field. Well, they, they know how to, they know how to build stadiums in Detroit. That's for sure. They certainly do. So one thing they don't do is play good defense. Uh, the Lions are dead last in total, dead last in scoring, thirty first in rushing defense, dead last in third down defense, thirty first in big plays allowed, dead last in yards per play. Uh. So is this a simple recipe of the Giants just running the rock with the NFL's leading rusher right now, Saquon Barkley? Well, they're not just going to let him do it again. Like I said, uh, going into the Texans game that, look, they don't want to be last. 
you know, right. they're going to, they're going to do what they can to not be last. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those deals where they're going to have to commit something and they're going to, uh, they're going to be vulnerable to something else, similar to uh, what Green Bay did to stop the resources they committed to stop Derrick Henry. And there were some passing things available and that's how uh, Ryan Tannehill took, took control of that game. But here's the other thing, the, 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 the word of caution when playing the Detroit Lions, they're never out of a game. I mean, they can score some points. They've been behind in every game, and they just come rallying back. They play with great energy. Um, I think for the Giants, they have to play to their profile. They cannot say, well, we're just going to, you know, just if they're, they're 30th in the league, we're just going to keep running it until um, we break one. They're going to they're be committed to it because that's who the Giants are but they have to be open strategically to uh, exploiting things, but also on their terms, passing the ball to get, you know, get some points on the board. All right. So that leads us to the giants passing game. I mean, Daniel Jones, who, you know, earned the reputation as a turnover machine after his rookie season has rapidly decreased that number. Uh, He's thrown two interceptions this season. Uh, He's got two lost fumbles. Protecting the football. The Giants have the third fewest giveaways in the NFL this year. Uh, passing game. You know, how do they kind of attack this Lions defense with their passing game? Obviously, Darius Slayton has been a big factor. And then the big storyline is right, Kenny Galladay. He says he's going to go. He says he feels good. That the hamstring, as of this recording, it looks like he's going to play. I would think he's got a chip on his shoulder going against his former team. Did you get any blowback about your stance about Galladay and from our last podcast? No. Um, and I, I do believe he needs a collective fan hug, a pat on the back, a swift kick in the butt and tell him let's go. Um, but no, I, I, I just don't, I don't think it's, it's helpful um, because we all see it. He sees it too. Nobody uh, wants to be better. At, at this game than Kenny Galladay at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I, they are going to need him to contribute. So, you know, I, I didn't expect everybody to agree with it because they're upset, but they, when he is practicing well, that's why he gets on the field because Brian Dable's uh, crew, uh, they go on the merit system. You practice hard, then you get an opportunity to play. So um, obviously he practices well enough to, to be a part of the 53 on Sunday. And if they put him in the game, they believe that he can, can make a play or two, but he's going to have to, to be a contributor. The lions have won two in a row. Uh, they haven't won three in a row since 2017. Um, the giants want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, just talk a little bit about what you believe the giants need to do in this game defensively to kind of slow down this offense that look they use multiple backs whether sure. it's uh Swift or Williams uh St. Brown has been a heck of a weapon on the outside um from when you your breakdown of it what what are some of the things that the Giants have to do in this game in order to be successful defensively well I think they're interior three or interior four guys depending on how they they line them up They've got to be extremely disciplined with their gaps because uh, a guy like Swift will take it out the back door. He'll start one way and 
cut left and get everyone over pursuing. So uh, Leonard and Dex and your two outside guys have got to be really disciplined on the edges and in their gaps. And then the other part too, which is this is a problem for all uh, most NFL teams right now too. The inside linebacker position has to hold up. They just can't get Velcroed onto uh, linemen at the second level because that will result in big plays. The Giants have given up some big plays in the middle of their defense when opposing teams have been able to get linemen on their interior linebackers. Yeah, and Micah McFadden, the rookie, he's getting more snaps. I take Crowder only had a handful of snaps on defense last week. Um, and again, it's one of those deals where the thing I like about this staff, Carl, and, and you know it, we're around them plenty is there's no bullshit. There's no BSing. Right. Like everybody kind of knows where they stand. It's not like some mystery when snaps kind of go out the window. It's based on how you're playing and how you're performing. And if somebody else can do the job better, they're putting that guy in. It's plain and simple. And I, I think that's kind of one of the recipes to this culture change is that there's complete transparency and everybody knows it's a meritocracy. Right, and they play players uh, and they devise game plans based on their opponent. Now, um, this is also kind of highlighting some of the needs of this team and personnel because when you have to substitute players from game to game, you don't have a player good enough uh, or versatile enough to be that three down player that two down player or a starter in this league so um you're starting to see some glaring deficiencies when you see a lot of rotation with the exception of the interior guys because you know you have two there that are going to be here um and good enough to be on the field but the the inside line gap backer position um i think they had high hopes for darian beavers when he uh, prior to him getting injured, he looked like a, a, a player who can play downhill at linebacker. And um, they're going to need those types of players. But right now, it's who do we have that can play downhill against a certain opponent? You're in. Uh, Tay, you're not going to be in on this one because you don't play downhill. You know, uh, it's amazing how things have changed. So each week, um, NFL Network sends out a media research package and it's a long document that gets emailed and you know the Giants have been lousy for a long time and normally when we get to this point in the season like some games have like four pages worth of notes and stats and all this other stuff that the research department has dug up and then some of the games that are less meaningful or whatever, uh, you know, they have maybe they're like three pages. Some are five or six pages if it's a really mm -hmm. big game, right? And I just noticed this because I was looking at the Giants-Lions page, and it's one, two, three, four. It's four pages. But here's how you know things have changed, and it's it made me feel good. You know, in the past, the last couple of years, the Giants have been so bad that, you know, there'd be like a Saquon Barkley, a couple of notes on him, maybe a Daniel Jones note. And most of the stats and write up for the game were about the opponent. Mm. I'm looking here. So I'm looking at the Giants and Lions and basically the Lions get the last page. 
But the first two pages are all Giants stats and notes and historical things and all this other stuff. And I'm like, damn, they're finally back. Yeah, I mean, they got they have more notes than the opponent. There are so many indications um, from the fan base support to the way the team is being covered or not being covered, meaning, you know, the, the naysayers with Saquon Barkley that hung out all offseason just bashing and I'm talking to guys in the media not just the fan base um the Daniel Jones slander it's it's more it, it's it's you don't hear the folks on TV just bashing them and making fun of this team and um even you know even the fan base there's something's not good enough with Daniel Jones but it's just not oh he's garbage you know he's a guy that uh, I think everyone's come to to respect for for what he is because he's in a great system. He can execute. He takes care of the football, and you know everybody wants fantasy football stats and they want Madden like offenses. But uh, that's not the reality for this team. And this is a guy who's executing um, based on what's needed to win football games. So in the research notes, they did a comparison between Barkley and Barry Sanders from 1997. Sanders won the MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, unless the Giants run the table, the MVP has unfortunately become a quarterback award, and I understand why. But the year that Sanders won the MVP in 97, through nine games, he had 186 carries through nine games. Barkley has 198. Sanders had 998 yards rushing through nine games. Barkley's got 931. Mm. Sanders had 195 receiving yards through nine games. Barkley has 197. And Sanders had six scrimmage touchdowns through nine games. Barkley has six. Sanders went on to win the MVP that year. Let's see what Barkley does with these remaining eight games. You know, he's throwing it out there. If Saquon Barkley can. If he continues to play well, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count out a non-quarterback, right? I think um, you got Justin Jefferson, who's basically poised to get two thousand yards receiving for the first time ever in the history of this league, right? Those type of stats are MVP worthy as well. So, you know, you can look at some of these quarterbacks, and all of a sudden. Um, the love, the media love for Josh Allen has kind of waned a little bit because he leads the league in interceptions, right? Um, so it's no longer the talk of him being a runaway MVP. And um, we'll see. I mean, you have some usual suspects that are up there, but if they don't uh, wow you with, wow, he was better than last year. Like Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs because he was better than his MVP season. Um if some of these quarterbacks are not better than their, their MVP seasons or MVP caliber seasons, you're going to have to legitimately consider a Justin Jefferson or a um, Saquon Barkley, or even um, a Geno Smith. If he continues to play well. Yeah. I think right now the fast track, if things kind of hold form, it'll, it'll probably wind up going to Patrick Mahomes, but he's pretty special. Um, What, what, any other things you, any other takeaways you have about this game? Anything you want to get off your chest? You seem very, you, you seem very relaxed in this episode. Like, you, well, yeah, because, yeah, I got it all off in our last episode. Um, 
I would just, just, I would like to see the Giants go into a fourth quarter not having to uh, win the game um, because the Detroit Lions, if you make the mistakes or you have the mishaps that you had against the Titans, I mean, I'm sorry, the Texans. Correct. Detroit will make you pay. They're that potent offensively. They've got a lot of different formations. And in crunch time, they go into their bag and see what they could, you know, what they can trick you with. So um, they need they need to get a comfortable lead and keep Detroit playing at a deficit in the fourth quarter. You know, weather could be a factor only because at least the reports right now are uh, the same winds could be like 17 miles per hour. Um, and there could be some gusts that crack 20. This is, you know, this is as of now, anything can change between now and Sunday, but for a team that does like to throw the ball, like the lions, I mean, that could be a factor because the wind in the stadium is, you know, it is what it is. It's not as bad as giant stadium, but it's still, it's still a tricky situation. Special teams then come into play in all this. Sure. And it's um, not a north-south wind either. It's not like it goes up and down the field. It goes across the field, the wind in, in MetLife Stadium. So I got to give it – I was at the Teddy Atlas Foundation dinner last night mm -hmm. on Staten Island, and uh, I got up this morning. I stayed at the hotel there, and I got up this morning, and my car wouldn't start. <laughs> so the battery's dead. Wow. So I call the I call the people from the Atlas Foundation. Uh, and say, hey, can you help me out here? And of course, they respond right away. So I got to give a shout out because they had no cash on me because I I spent my I spent some cash on the fifty fifty raffle last night, sure. you know, just to donate money. So I was I I was I was light on cash anyway. So, uh, my man, who's one of Teddy's good friends, and he helps run the event. Uh, my man, Paulie, uh, I gotta get his, I gotta get his last name, right? No, Pauly. he goes by Paulie in Staten Island. Just yeah. Pauly. No, Paulie's guy, Paulie. Paulie Quattro, uh, Quattro, Quat, Quattrochi. He owns dependable auto body. So I call Paulie up. He's got a guy. Everybody's got a guy. Yeah. And he sends, he goes, I oh, don't worry, Bob. I'll take care of you. I'll get that. So you got J and J towing to show up. And Nefty, Nefty jump starts my car. And I said to Polly and Nefty, I said, Nefty, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I Venmo you some cash, like a tip? I have no cash on me. He goes, ah, he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, I'm a huge Giants fan. I love listening to you That's and Carl cool. Banks on the radio. He said, just, just, he goes, I'll be working on Sunday. He goes, just, just get me a win. So Nefty, J&J &J Toto, Toto, uh, towing on Staten Island. And my man, Paulie at Dependable Auto Body, thank you for getting me here on time to do this thing with Banks. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, I saw a couple of your former teammates last night. Phil Sims was there. Harry Carson was there. Nice. Uh, Thunderous ovation. It's amazing how, even on Staten Island, which tends to skew a little more Jets, mm -hmm. it's amazing how, like, fired up people are about the Giants. Man. Yeah, it's, listen, it's so it feels so good. Like, when the Giants are are winning and, and and they're giving the effort that this team is giving. It's not hard to rally around them. They are just, this is what giant fans look for. That's all oh, they've been I, asking for. 
and I can't remember. I don't. I, I don't even think they told me what their names were. But two guys during the cocktail hour come up to me and they're like, "Hey, Bob, big giant fan. Can I take a picture?" So I'm like, "Yeah." So I took a picture with the one guy. Took a picture with the other guy, and they both, when they thanked me, instead of thanking me, they just looked at me and they said, "Tell a friend to tell a friend." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh." But big believe in giant subscribers. Oh, that's awesome. Big. That so is I said, awesome. I said, go buy yourself one of those T-shirts that we're not getting a cut on. There we go. <laughs> All right. Anything else to get off your chest? That's it, man. All right. So how do we end it? As always. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Next week, I'm just going to tell everybody next week, uh, you know, we'll do a recap of the Lions game and a preview all in one shot because it's Thanksgiving. But we're looking forward to it. And uh Thanks for joining us for this edition of Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.